tell you what, we have some of the most talented people around here. I just, I just, just, just give them a hand, will you? And I'm not trying to glorify man whatsoever, but every one of these people up here are, are, are so sincere in, in what they do for Christ. And <clears throat> it's amazing what God has brought to this church in such a short period of time. I wanted to be, I want to get started preaching right away, but um, we've had so many people in the hospital and so many things going on, and uh, I visited too many hospitals this week, and I don't, I mean, I love to visit the people, but I just, I hate it because we, because people are in the hospital, especially this time. We've got Kingston and his parents over here, and he, he's going to be in the hospital through Christmas. Uh, Kingston, all you know about Kingston, most of them. If you don't, he's a six-year-old boy, he's been fighting leukemia, and he's beat that, now he's got another disease, and another surgery where they took out part of his lung. And, and Kingston, I was up the other day, and he's doing really well, but he is, uh, the prayers that need to go out for Kingston is continuous prayers. Uh, this host disease is, uh, host graft disease is, is taking its toll on Kingston, and there's going to be a scope tomorrow. And uh, that little boy just needs our prayers. So does his family. His family. We two stand up for us this minute. And uh, there's a family of about five there, yeah. Riley Hospital is putting them up in a motel for Christmas Eve and Christmas night so the family can be with Kingston up there. Um, anyway, also uh, Bill Hobbs, a lot of you got the news. Bill Hobbs, we know he has uh, blood cancer and, we, and he's been fighting that for years. And, and, uh, but he also had cancer in the kidney and we know we, he, they took that kidney out and had to remove some of his a vein and actually had to peel that off. And he was in great pain and he wanted me to tell you that uh, they got all the cancer on that. So he still has cancer of the blood, but not in that kidney. It had, it had, it had grown quite a bit, uh, but they've got that and the vein out, and he's doing, he was in a lot of pain. And what he wanted me to tell you was, um, I know a lot of you have been praying for him, and I, I had, I call, whenever I have to get something out, I send it to Brent, and Brent gets it out. He's, he's the fastest guy I know that can get social media out there. And uh, he said, uh, I talked to him the other morning, and he said, Paul, he said, as soon as I asked you to pray for me, within a half hour, of getting all that information out to people, uh, the pain had gone away from him, and he was in great pain. And uh, he wanted me to thank you for it. He's home. He got home yesterday. Uh, I don't. I don't. You know, uh, if you want to get Bill a call or something, I can give you his phone number. But uh, Bill, Bill's probably back in church next week. He's doing real well. John Rozak down in Florida had a lot of trouble with the heart surgery. Seven hours of that, and he had a lot of a lot of trouble one day. But the rest of the time, he called and I talked to him. And he said, "Just pray for him." I prayed for him with the phone, and then. Uh, he is doing really well after seven hours. He's home. He's doing well. He should be back in the pulpit next week or the next couple of weeks, and he's doing well. John's mother is still in the hospital, still over at uh, Methodist home. Um, uh, she's not doing well. So we want to continue to pray for John and his family, his sisters, and for his mother for what uh, will take place there. Uh, I believe that's it. I hope that's it. Pardon me? Oh, yes, for Ashley and Josh, his grandmother that passed, and that's why they're in West Virginia. And also, where's Becky? Becky was just up here. She kind of keeps quiet about the, her surgery things. We know Becky had can breast cancer, and, and she had some surgery this week, and she's up there, back here on the stage. So Becky, even though she may look great and all that, she's got some pain going on there. So uh, I'm glad she's here this morning. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I was... Uh, Believe it or not, for a preacher, pastor, uh, East Christmas and Easter are really hard sermons to do. 
You say, well, why could that be? You know exactly what it is. Well, that's the deal. So do you. <laughs> and uh, the last thing I want is to come in here and preach something you've heard over and over and over again. Uh, <clears throat> although we will be preaching the Christmas story, just in, I want you to look at it in, the back, in a different background. In other words, I want you to put this big, beautiful picture in the back of your mind and you can color it whatever color you want to. But I want the words, there's, there's some words I want on that, on that background. It's the soul felt its worth. The soul felt its worth. You see, my body, my physical body is not worth, it's worth less than $10. But my soul is worth everything to God. Amen? So, until Christ was, came down and, and that, that wonderful night, my, our souls, and, until we fill it up with Jesus, until we fill it up with that, our souls are always searching for what it's worth. And we'll say, well, what, what is life all about? What is this all about? It's because you're searching for something to fill up that empty hole. And, and everybody without Christ, I don't care what they tell you, they're empty without Christ. And they're always searching. They're always looking to fill it up. There's got to be something more, more, more to fill up that emptiness. But that, that particular night, the soul felt its worth. So if you look at this wonderful story with those few words, the soul felt its worth, you can start to, to draw something closer and something that would be applicable to your life. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Father, open our hearts. That those sitting here, Father, that may know you, that may not know you, but their soul feels empty inside. Something strange going on. Father, I'm asking you to convict them this morning, to convict me that my soul will fill its worth. And the worth is you, Jesus. And it's always been you. Father, help us this morning to look at Christmas as what it truly is, the filling of one's soul by the Spirit of Christmas, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Love came down. There's no doubt about that. Love came down. And, and you know, God to put on flesh, to put on skin, to leave a throne for, for a spirit, God is spirit, to leave that. We can't kind of, we don't imagine what that is. We just, we have what we have, and this is what we work with. We have our senses, and this is all we have. But, but God's a spirit is so much more, so much more. And for God, the creator of everything, everything, to look down upon his creation and see the evilness that has taken place and see how far we have turned and, and how far we've turned away from God and, and he knows what he has to do in order for the ones he loves, the soul. The soul that he created, the soul that he put in your body. Because see, that soul is what's going home, amen? It's the soul going home. It's the soul that needs filled. The body fills itself up with all kinds of things, with, with all different types of things, and we continually try to fill the body up, the flesh up, and it doesn't work because the soul is empty. My soul has a home. And that's what I think a lot of us don't clearly understand. Your soul has a home, and it's worth more than material things. And the worth of it is God coming down in flesh. And what's really strange about that is the way he did it. We heard this story so much throughout our lives and we start to not even pay attention to it. Even as Christians, we start to, yeah, I know all about that. But no, we understand that something that's more important, he, God, came down in flesh and stuck himself in a cave. 
in the most worst ways possible to be the lowest of the low, that nobody can say, I'm lower than God. Came down in the lowest ways he could do. Known to man. When love came down on that holy night, and it was a holy night, amen? It was a holy night. By the way, this Christmas will be the first full moon since 1977. Some of you have never seen that. I have. But I doubt I see the next one. So enjoy it. When love came down on that holy night, for the first time the soul felt its worth. And the spirit of Christmas was born. Amen? The soul, we're going to learn that through the, through the shepherds today. Because that's what I'm looking at, mainly the shepherds. They felt their worth. And everybody that looked upon that child felt their worth. And until this day, when we claim, we claim him in our lives, we feel the worth of our soul. We feel it. We know it. It's more than just words on paper, amen? It's lives, it's souls, what is in us, what is what we are. It becomes alive with Christ. It's no longer dead, it's alive. We'll see that through the shepherds. Christians out there, you need to be alive. When a song like that last one that they sang, all of them up here, all these different people singing, that should just trigger Alive, alive, alive. Alive. And for those that, that are empty in that soul, it may be just be a pretty song or pretty words, but to me, it's something alive. My soul fills its worth. Spirit of Christmas. It's Jesus, man. Amen? It's Jesus. It's nothing else. That's what it is. That's why so many people in the world that do not know Christ, they have such a hard time with it. They don't understand it. They just keep piling up on the gifts and piling up on the gifts, and they don't know the love that's behind that. It's empty souls, but a soul with Christ is filled. Amen? Go ahead, please. Christmas traditions bring to life what the soul of man longs for, to know its worth. Now we have a lot of traditions, and, and I, I only kind of traditions I really like is what's in the Word of God. I love those traditions. Man-made traditions, traditions in a church that, that fight people against each other. I don't like those kind of things. I do away with it. I don't want no part of them in this church. But godly traditions I love. Because they come from my Lord. So we, we set up traditions. And we look, at, we look at different things. Look at the stocking here that we put. I've got a bunch of them over my fireplace. And then Christmas morning, I get up and it's all of a sudden full of stuff. It's a tradition. It's things that are okay. I like them. You know why? Because it always brings back the memory of why we have Christmas. It's not something bad. It brings my heart to be filled with what it's worth, that soul, that soul of Christ inside me. Amen? And then the, this year... I, I didn't know anything about Elf on a Shelf. Does anybody know anything about Elf on a Shelf? I'm about nuts with Elf on a Shelf. I mean, I, I, I out going Vicky and Vicky says, I've got to find Elf on a Shelf. I said, what is Elf on a Shelf? Well, it's a tradition. I said, well, yeah, not in my house. Never heard of it. But anyway, I, this is New Year for Elf on the Shelf. Now, these elves are supposed to be magically elves. They're not, of course. Nothing magic about it. It's funny looking. But I have seen this elf move around my house. Sometimes it has 
One time it had a toothpick or a stick or something, and it had marshmallows on each side, and it was acting like it was at the gym. <laughs> Another time it was on Braden's bed because Braden had been bad that morning and had raisins under his little butt. <laughs> Elf was bad. Then he was in the freezer, and he had candy bars all around him. Well, the thing about it is, now Luke, he acts like, Luke was living with us, you know, my grandkids living with us, and Luke, he acts like he's way above Elf on the Shelf. But let me tell you, he's looking for Elf on the Shelf. Now Bailey, she's all over the place looking for Elf on the Shelf. Because one thing about it, now Brayden, I don't think he cares, except for one thing, he likes the candy that Elf leaves. He's always there for the candy, although he's about six foot tall, he's just, just turned 30, he, he acts like he doesn't care, he cares. He cares all about the candy. So, this elf goes around the house, and it's a tradition now. I guess we're going to have it, even when the kids get older, because they like candy. And he brings candy to the kids. So that's a tradition. I like it. It's fun. You know why? It always goes back to the Christmas story, doesn't it? It always goes back to the Lord. So elf on the shelf. Tradition is it always remembers something. Anybody want a tangerine? Elf on the shelf. We've got all kinds of traditions like that. The ugly sweaters, all kinds of traditions like that. It's all geared around to have fun and joy. Amen? That's what it's for. And I tell you, when, you're, when your soul finds the, that worth, your life comes alive. It comes alive. I'm never so much alive more when I have the prayers on my knees and living and loving Christ and writing in my journals and listening to God. That is when I'm alive more than anything. I'm up here preaching, and this is when I'm alive. Amen? This is it. This is it. I bought a new Harley this week. I'm just telling you that because I know I wrecked on the other one. This one has three wheels. And I loved it. You know, I was excited about it. I loved it and all that. But you know what? It's just a toy. It doesn't has no eternal value. But God allows us to, to have things like that, to enjoy, to be blessed by those things. Now, I'm not a, a material blessing guy. You know how I am. It's all about God. But he also lets us have fun, doesn't he? Now, did I enjoy it? Yeah, I did. But not more than my Lord. It's not my life. It's just an added a bonus to my life. God is number one. He always will be. Renegade's number two, my horse. Oh, gee. Renegade. Renegade number three. <laughs> oh, I just did that on purpose. You guys catch on quick. Vicky says, you're lying. No, I'm not. Christmas traditions bring life. What the soul of man longs for, to know its worth. It was a night like no other. And that's what Christmas is. That Christmas Eve night is a night like no other. The angels were restless to witness what God above was about to do for the one he loved. So, you know, God didn't go to the angels and say, do you think it would be all right if I did this? God is God. And so the angels, they're just, you just imagine thinking, man, God is getting ready to go to earth. He's getting ready to do something that is never, ever even thought of by the angels. So the angels are restless this night. And as we're going to read in just a few minutes what they said to the shepherd. A soul is empty until... His divine love fills it. Amen? A soul is empty until God's divine love fills it. And it was that night that started that divine love. Only then does it know its worth. 
What is the value of the soul? What is the value of the soul knowing its worth? Eternal life. Eternal life. Some of you sitting here, you have no idea what I'm talking about. The value is eternal life. You need to think about that for a while. Some of you need a lot, a lot of praying over that. We've had some people, some young people getting saved here in the last few weeks. That's a good thing, isn't it? I got other people calling me and, and wanting help, wanting to know about God. Go ahead, please. This is one of my, love these verses. And Mary said, my soul what? Everybody read it. And Mary said, soul. Mary's, Mary's in, with Elizabeth, her aunt, and John the Baptist had just leaped from the mother's womb because Mary walked up and, and John the Baptist and knew that Jesus was going to be in, it was in Mary. And so Mary and Elizabeth are just having a wonderful time together. They realize what's taking place. The horn of Christ is in Elizabeth and the Savior of the world is in Mary. Good thing they didn't abort him, isn't it? And Mary said, no, 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 stay there, please. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary was the first one to know the intimacy of what's taking place with the world. She got to know the worth of what the Savior is before anyone else, how blessed she was. And that's what, and we only got a couple verses here, but that's what she was conveying for all of mankind for thousands of years of what she knew was taking place. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Her son, her baby, she knew what it was. She had no doubt it was going to be the Savior of the world. She had no doubt it was going to be a male child. She had no doubt of it because she believed what the angel Gabriel had told her. She believed it. Go ahead, please. On that night, God delivered to this world what he alone could give his spirit of Christmas. Only God could give it. Only God could give that out. When, one, when the shepherds encountered God on that holy night, it took them straight to the manger of Jesus. Amen? Where do you go to get saved? Everybody hears that word saved. A lot of people don't have any idea what that means. But that means your soul is about to come alive. That means everything you knew about life is about to change. That means everything you ever dreamed of is going to change because now you're going to look at it in a different light, in a different way. All the bright lights just came on. Clink, clink. They're on, they're on, they're on. Everything you thought of, everything you ever dreamed of will change because it's going to go towards God. Some of it will be highlighted even better than you could ever imagine. And other things, their lives have to completely turn around and change differently. And you're going to do it and not even regret it. Amen? I have people tell me, but I'm going to have to do this and I have to do that. I say, no, you're going to want to do this. You're going to want to do that. It's never a have to. It's going to be a wanna. Amen? Because that's what God does. He's in the business of changing us. All you out there that think you're going to have to do this and have to do that, you're thinking all wrong because you're thinking with the mind and not the soul. Your soul will be filled with the spirit of Christmas, the Lord's Savior. That's what fills us up. That's what changes us. That's what makes us become men and women of God. His spirit of Christmas, which is love. 
When the shepherds encountered God on that holy night, it took them straight to the manger of Jesus. Man. Isn't that where we're supposed to go? Straight to Jesus, always? So many of us, we fail that continually in our lives. When the things happen, we go somewhere else. When the soul finds its worth, its passion is for others to know theirs. Wow. Okay, let me ask you this. When a soul finds its worth, that soul's passion is to go and tell others. We see that through the shepherds. We have this written out instructions right here in the Christmas story. When the soul, when your soul, when it becomes filled with God, when it becomes filled with the Savior, it must, not because you are told to, but because the soul is filled with something different. The worth of what Christ is in your life becomes so intimate in your life that how can you keep it a secret? How can you not tell others? How can you not change? Well, the answer, my friends, is some of you do not have that spirit in your life, that soul, that, that love of God in that soul. You have fooled yourself. You have lied to yourself. And some of you say, well, I, I used to, I hear this more than I want to hear it. I used to be so on fire with God. Well, why aren't you now? Why aren't you on fire with God? Why? Has your soul lost the worth? What's happened? And some of you, I've watched people in this church and they come and they'll stay for a little bit and leave and they'll, they'll come and they want to get saved. They want to change their lives and they never change nothing. A few weeks later, back to the drugs, back to that. Nothing changed. What makes you think you got saved? Am I yelling too much? What makes you think it? Words. Satan says words all the time. Here's a change. It fills the soul. And it's found its worth. Amen. It's found what it was here for. To be filled with Christ. To be filled with that baby. And you're so excited about it. you got to tell others. you got to change. You want to know more. I have other people come to me. They say, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. My goodness. Those people are getting their souls filled with what it's worth. Amen. They're not playing around. They don't have an ulterior motive. Christ has moved in. And evil has moved out. When the shepherds encountered God that holy night, it took them straight to the manger of Jesus. What the soul finds is worth, when the soul finds its worth, its passion is for others to know theirs. You don't have to, have a, you don't have to be a preacher to have passion. You don't have to be a Sunday school, to have pa- a Sunday school teacher to have passion. Passion comes from the soul. When you find what it's worth. See, that soul is worth everything to God. He put on flesh. He came down. He lived before us. He was not a rich man. He was not a ruler. He was not a soldier. He owned nothing. But yet the world changed. Time changed. A.D. after deity. Everything changed. And the more we try to throw God and our Lord out of this world, the more it changes for the ones that are truly filled with the Spirit of God. Go ahead, please. I'm not going to preach a whole lot on some of these verses. I'm just going to read them for you. Joseph also went up, to, went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judah 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was out of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. There's a song by Chris Tomlin. You got that ready up there? I want you to just listen to it for a minute. It's Old Bethlehem. Or First Noel, I'm sorry. Sing along if you like. Christmas and Christmas means Christ's birth. Go ahead, please, with scripture. Now there were the same in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. This is what I want to preach on, just a few verses here. Keeping watch over their flock by night. Back in this time, shepherds were not, <clears throat> and most of you know this, but shepherds were not uh, looked upon as, uh, they weren't really looked upon at all. They were smelly men, kind of hermits, backwards men. 
They talked more to their sheep than they did people. In fact, they probably loved the sheep more than they did people. So therefore, they weren't, uh, they weren't a people person. And that's, you know, one of the things I like about this is when, when, God, when God changes you, he changes you. And he can make you not a people person to a people person. I used to be not a people person. I watch out, I won't be able to say that again. And most of you know it, I, I didn't care much for people. And to be quite frank with you, I still don't. But I happen to love you. I'm just kidding you, I love you all. People make me nervous. <laughs> kind of like the shepherds. They just make you nervous. You never know what's going to come out of their mouth. You never know what's going to happen next. So the shepherds, they were kind of like that. See, God changed that. Like he changed them, he changed me to start to know people and to love people and to be one around people. I'm still nervous around people. I still get nervous when I come up here. But I have been changed. Amen? I've been changed. God takes these backwards people that really just don't care for people and he changes you. Changes you. Because see, there's something called that love of the spirit of Christmas, that love of God that, that fills up that soul. And you can't help but be changed. Now, you've got your choice. You can just sit back and say, I'm not going to do it and just fight all you want to. I got news for you. God's going to win that battle. You just go ahead and get yourself beat up all you want, but God is going to win. He just always wins. So this night, these men that cared not much for people were going to be changed. And behold, an angel, which is probably Gabriel. He's the messenger angel. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Wow, can you imagine that? The glory, the glory of the Lord. You can read scripture, and you can get a, a view of what the glory of the Lord is. It is a brightness that we can't talk about because we don't have enough words. It is the glory of the Lord. And I tell you what, when, when that Savior comes into your life, that's what comes into your soul. Amen? That's what fills the soul. This glory of the Lord, it fills you. It fills you. It magnifies who you are. Like Mary told us, she was magnified. Her soul was magnified. That's what the Spirit of God does when he comes into your life. And you mean business. It magnifies. It's the glory of the Lord. And it's shown in your soul. How can that be so quiet in people? And the angel said, the glory of those shone around them, and they were greatly, what? Afraid. Yeah, and I'll tell you, when God first started asking me to, to do things, I can tell you, and Vicki can tell you, I was greatly afraid. I was greatly afraid. But God just doesn't throw things at us. He's a wonderful God. And of course, the angel says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Good tidings, and tidings means news. He brings you good news. The good news is the gospel of Christ, amen? The good news is Jesus. The good news is on this wonderful night is your soul will find its worth because what fills that soul is coming to earth. 
How many of you believe that? I mean, I mean, do you believe it? For I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. How many people? Jews, Muslims, Gentiles, Buddhists, Hindus, atheists. It's offered to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will, f you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly, this, uh, this, can you just put this in the, remember to put that, this background of your soul being filled for the first time. And suddenly there was with the, with the angel a multitude, the heavenly host praising God and saying, you know, this multitude, this host, this is the army. This is the army of God. This is the army, the angel of armies. This is it. And you just imagine him being so restless, understanding that God, God himself is coming down in the flesh tonight. And that same Lord and Savior can come into your heart today. He can be there. Christmas can be alive for you for the first time. And some of you that are just dead in heart, you don't have to be. Sometimes we just forget what we're supposed to be in Christ. We just forget. That's one of the, my favorite things to tell people. They'll thank me for doing this and that and the other. And I'll say, it's what we're supposed to do. We just forgot. So many of us forget what we're supposed to do for Christ. Forget to be joy. Forget to be love. Suddenly there was this angel, a multitude, the heavenly host, praising God and saying, go ahead, please. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest, and all of earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Man, that sounds like a good Savior, doesn't it? It's not kill the infidels. <laughs> It's the total opposite. It's peace. And some of you say, I don't know this peace. Well, I'm telling you, because your soul's not filled with Christ. Because you can have the worst troubles in your life. Jenny and Josh and many other, the worst things in your life, but you can still have this peace. And it's a peace you can't really explain. It's a peace that says it's okay. It's a peace that says it will be fine because God's my Savior. It's a peace when you lose a loved one. It's a peace when something happens. The world doesn't know it, but we should. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem. When are they going to go? Now. now. Their sheep are out in the fields, right? See, they understood something. Their soul got so filled, they understood something. God's got their sheep, amen? God's got your job. God's got your things. He's got it. Even if you lose it, he still's got it. He's got you. Your soul is worth everything to him. It's everything to him. Come off his throne in heaven. Down here for us. And allowed mankind to take control. To do what they wanted to do for 33 years. He allowed that to happen. Because your soul is worth everything to our Lord and he wants that your soul to know what it's worth
Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They didn't hesitate. They didn't even think about it. They just went. They just went. Their soul has found its worth. And they came with what? What's that word? Haste. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You know, I, I love this because they didn't, they didn't say, well, how are we going to find the baby? How are we going to find this? How are we going to find him? Bethlehem's got a lot of people. There's houses everywhere. It's a little city. How are they going to find him? We can't go knock on everybody's door. Is there a baby wrapped up in there? Where's the baby? Where's the baby? How are we going to find the baby? We can't go leave the sheep because we don't know where the baby's at. He never told us where the baby's at. He said, there's a baby. Huh? Did that really happen? Are we dreaming? Are we thinking? Are we going crazy? They knew, they knew their soul changed. Amen? See, they're not thinking with their mind and thinking of the flesh in the world. Their soul changed. They knew. They knew. In 17, now when they had seen him, they made it widely known. You know, as they go and they, they find this baby in a manger in the most, and you all know this, the most nasty of things you can find. I'm sure Mary did all they could do. They didn't look at him and say, well, this God's not much of a God. <laughs> they didn't look at him and say, well, this God can't help me. He can't even, he's born in a, he's born in a cave. How is this baby going to help me? You know what? Because it wasn't about them. Amen? Get that, will you? It wasn't about them. It was about him. See, when our, when our focus is always about, how's it going to help me? You do not have the soul filled with what it's worth. Or your mind has infiltrated your soul so much that you forgot. It's always about him. It's always about him. They didn't come to this cave and, and said, we have made a big mistake. See, when you come to God and that soul finds its worth, you know you never made a mistake. Amen? You know it. You know it. There's no not knowing it. You know it. There's no not knowing it. when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child what was the saying what the angels told them the greatest night of their life amen do you think they forgot that night do you think for the rest of their lives what was the main thing they were talking about it the angels and I know a lot of people said you guys are crazy I've heard that story from you so many times you're crazy isn't that what a lot of us hear Bible thumper, Jesus pusher, churcher. You guys are crazy. You know why we're crazy? I'm crazy, all right. I'm crazy over Christ. I'm crazy because my soul found its worth. My soul found its worth. How could I not fall in love with something like that? Well, my soul, how can I not enjoy the music? How can I not enjoy the things of God? How can I not enjoy those things? How can I not have passion? How can I not tell others? They went to Jesus. 
They did exactly what the angels told them to do. They were perfectly obedient. They didn't hesitate. They didn't talk about it. They didn't, they talked about it, but they didn't try to make excuses. They went straight to the manger, straight to the baby. And then their minds weren't changed. In fact, they were more filled up. What a beautiful blessing. But our encounter with God, our encounter with the Savior is the same. They're giving us this picture. They're giving us a beautiful picture of what our lives should look like. They're asking us, they're showing us how to, our soul can be find its worth. Amen? It's right here. It's right here. You're just not looking for it. You're just not thinking about it. You're not praying over it. You're using the words and going right on by and say, I've heard that story all my life. You're not grabbing a hold. It was 3 o'clock Saturday morning when I got up and wrote this sermon because I had wrote another sermon and it wasn't the right sermon. And God says, get up. I've got a better one for you. It's all about the soul finding its worth. Wow. Amen? Wow. 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 You know what? I find it amazing that God finds us even worthy to hear his word. That he'll even wake your pastor up to give him a different sermon to preach and to infiltrate my heart with passion to know what this baby is. To passion to know the spirit of Christmas. To passion to know what my soul is worth. We are so blessed. We live in a country that there is no poor. Do you understand that? There is no poor. It's just people that want more. That's all it is. It's just people that are, that are so victimized. Well, they feel like they are anyway. And they want more, 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 more. More, 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 more. But if your soul is filled with what it's worth, you'll be satisfied with what God is giving you. And all those who heard marveled at those things. I'm going to stop there for a second. All the, my, how much time have I got? All those who heard marveled. Marveled. These, okay, go back. These are shepherds. That, they don't even talk to people. They stink. They talk to their sheep more than people. They don't like people. They, they, don't, they don't even want to be around them. And all of a sudden, we got shepherds coming. We don't have any. We got shepherds coming in out of the fields in a night. And because they found a baby in a manger in swaddling clothes, all of a sudden, they're running and going like going nuts telling people how excited because their soul has been filled with something that it's never had before how could you keep it in and they're running around they're knocking on doors they're telling people all about this night all about the glory all about the angels all about the baby all about their soul amen because they had something and felt for the first time their soul felt its worth you can't deny it And you know what really amazes me? People listened. Not only did they listen, they were marveled by it. Marveled by it. That means they were excited. They believed it. They believed it. Wake up. Wake up. People. Wake up. Wake up. The world needs you more than ever. Wake up.
Enjoy what your soul is worth to God. Enjoy it all the way to heaven and eternity. Amen? They marveled. They marveled. Some of you can't even stay awake for a sermon. But these people marveled. There's a difference. You say, well, they saw Jesus. They saw a baby. They saw a baby. They saw some poor people. Let's get this straight. They saw a baby in a manger and some poor people that couldn't even get into a place to stay. That's what they saw. That's more than what they saw. Amen? It's what the soul saw. You got me? It's what the soul saw. Eyes can fool you, but your soul cannot. Your ears can fool you, but your soul will not. Amen? It will not. God wants this soul back. He's getting mine back. Is he getting yours? Mine's going home. Mine's going home. All the way to heaven. I don't care what I do in heaven. I don't care where I'm at in heaven. I just want to go to heaven. That other place, that other place called hell, I don't want to go there. In fact, I know I'm not going there because I've turned my life over to Jesus Christ. He's come in. He's filled my soul. I know it. I know it. I know it. I don't have to doubt it. I don't have to question it. I know it. And those who heard marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. They marveled at it. We have very few people marveling at the things we tell them about Jesus today. We, you know why? We can't get the Christians to marvel. We can't get the church to marvel. Why on earth would they marvel? But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and it, as it was told to them. What a wonderful, beautiful history that God gave us right here in these few verses, 20 verses. What a beautiful, beautiful story. You know what? It's our story. Amen? It's our story. And for you that have that, that soul that has found its worth, it is special to us. Amen? It's special. This world wants to just take it away. The schools want it thrown out. I love it. I love it when people stand up for God. There's a school down in Tennessee, and I'm going to close here. There's a school down in Tennessee that was putting on a play. And it, they were going to read the a story and they were told not to read Jesus' name don't do it the parents of this school they didn't pull their kids out and act like crazy people they got together they got together and they come up with a wonderful plan and as the play was going on everything was beautiful the principal stood back with a smile on his face. And the directors and all that, just going good, because they know God's not going to be allowed in this place. And as they come to the part that was to read about Jesus, the people stood and finished the story. Amen? They said there wasn't an eye in that place that wasn't filled with tears. Because the soul knew its worth, and the soul can't be silenced. Amen? 
You think we can't do things? You can do it. You just got to want to do it. You've got to come together. You go to a school that wasn't, don't want to do it? Fine. The parent should do it. Amen? You paid for the school, didn't you? Isn't this government of the people? Take it back. Put Jesus back in it. He's just waiting on for you to do it. He'll join you. He'll join you. But you've got to do it. Amen? Your soul should know its worth. And it's everything to God. Let's stand. Words, words for the week. Come on, this is not difficult. The soul felt its worth. I got that part. Go ahead, give it to him. The soul felt its worth the night love came down. That's when the soul felt its worth. The night love came down. Now I'm going to ask you, when did love come down in your heart? When did your soul find its worth? If it's not found its worth, or if you've misplaced its worth, I'm, this is the opportunity. This is your opportunity. This is your, listen to me, this is your opportunity to either surrender to Christ or repent of what's going on in your life Go ahead, I'm sorry. That passion, that passion of that soul finding its worth can come back. Amen? Amen. It's a shame for a Christian to go through a Christmas and not enjoy it. It's a shame for Christmas to say the spirit of Christmas isn't here anymore. Because it is. It is. It is. You've just got to want it. You've got to take it. And you've got to love. On a scale from 1 to 10, how strong is your Christmas spirit? I can't answer that. You have to. But how strong is your Christmas spirit? Are you ready to enjoy Christmas? Are you really ready to enjoy it in a different way this year? Has your soul found its worth? I'm going to open up the tables. And if you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome with these tables as always. I want to tell you something. If you're having trouble with that soul finding its worth, you need to go to your knees first. You just need to go to your knees first. And you need to ask for forgiveness. And then come and enjoy Christ. Enjoy Christmas this year. Enjoy it with your loved ones. Enjoy it with those people that don't know. Enjoy it. But be passionate about it.
Merry Christmas. Sorry, it wasn't a real fluffy sermon. We're not. Thank you. I'm not either. God bless you. I love you all. Enjoy this week, will you? Some of you will see you on Thursday night. Please enjoy the week. Please be filled with the spirit of Christmas. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Let's stand. They're going to sing a song. You can stay or go. Whatever. We're going to stand. We're going to close up. Um, <clears throat> Bill, we come up. Got to come up to the mic. They can't hear you. Close this up, please.